You're listening to the Girls in Work podcast, the show that brings you interviews and advice for career women everywhere. This is Girls in Work. Find us at girlsinwork.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Girls in Work podcast. Today we're going to get straight into it because we have lots to chat about and we just can't wait to get talking about today's topic. So today we're going to be talking about how women can be allies and advocates for each other at work. And the title of this is how women can be allies and advocates for each other, but men, we really need you too. If you're a guy and you're listening to this, we really need you to do all of these things that we're going to talk about with us as well. And I'm a firm believer that if you're a cis, straight, white man, you have the most privilege in the office. And this is why we need you as allies, because whether we like it or not, at the minute, you have the most influence in the office. I mean, it's something we want to change, but it that's just a fact. And we need your help if we're ever going to achieve the gender equality in the workplace that we're striving for. I am the first one that will stand up for gender equality and I will shout from the rooftops about the gender pay gap, the confidence gap and how, yes, we have come such a long way when it comes to gender equality, but we still have so far to go. But I also do want to acknowledge that I am saying this as a cisgender straight white woman, which also means that that comes with a lot of privilege too. And all of the stats you read become infinitely smaller when we take into consideration black women, trans women, members of the LGBTQIA plus community and the challenges and frustrations and experiences that I've had that have led me to become so passionate about this topic will be absolutely nothing compared to what other women and other people have experienced both inside and outside of the workplace. And this is where the topic of being an ally to other women comes into play as well. We're going to touch on it in a minute, but we already know that women get interrupted more than men do. But black women get interrupted even more, and black women get interrupted by both men and other women. So when we're talking about being allies to each other, it's about looking outside of your own situation as well and recognising how you can bring up other women right alongside you as well. So one of mine and Soph's favourite books and a catalyst for girls in work is called Lean In by Cheryl Sandberg and there is also a great resource for women in the workplace called leanin.org that we urge you to go and have a read through some of the articles on there and we're just going to run through a couple of the points from there in today's topic about how women can champion each other at work. So I guess one of the first things that we could all start to do every day is just ensuring that women's ideas are heard. So next time you're in a meeting room obviously this is going to be (laughs) quite a while from now but whenever that might be take a note of where everyone grabs gravitates towards in the room. So it's said that men are more likely to take the front and centre seats, whereas women tend to go towards the end of the room or sit at the back. So when we are in a situation like that again, just try and be a bit more aware of it and don't be afraid to sit on that front row. Be that first person that sits there and encourage other women in the room to do that as well. 100%. I completely agree with that point and it's it's probably one of my most pet peeves and I've experienced it definitely in one of the old offices I used to work with and there used to be a boardroom where there'd be like the whole office meetings or team meetings and there'd be mm-hmm. a table in the centre of room, kind of like a typical boardroom setup that you'd kind of see on suits or whatever. And Uh, whenever there was kind of whole team or office meetings all of the men would go and sit down at the table and the women would hold back they'd stand to the side of the room because there was never Mm. enough seats and it was always the women that kind of held back stood to the side of the room or took the extra seats at the back and then it always used to get to me and it was one of those things where it's like no like you can sit at the table as well and we always talk about this hypothetical table but take it literally and go and take your seat at the table and like Em said, invite yeah. other women to do it, to come and sit next to you as well. 
um i think that's really important because just that it's all about body language isn't it and like mm-hmm. perception is reality and yeah you deserve that seat at the table yeah. go and get it go and take it and I love the phrase as well when they there's like a bit of a joke and a bit of a meme about do you know what if there isn't room at the table if there isn't a chair left bring your own goddamn chair even if it's a fold up one bring your own Absolutely. goddamn chair and sit at the table so yeah mm, definitely and then as part of this as well it's also suggested that women get less airtime in discussions and often our voices can get quite lost especially if there's quite a lot mm-hmm. of you in the meeting um, and we tend to get interrupted and then as a result of that often say quiet in meetings so as a co-worker don't be afraid to challenge this in group discussions and support your colleagues so if you see someone trying to speak actively ask them what their thoughts are ask them to give their opinion because we're all, we've all been in that situation I think particularly with working from home as well when you're all like talking over each other and interrupting each other I always take take a note of everyone's faces you can really see obviously you're literally just got a close-up of everyone's face so it's not difficult (laughs) you can literally see when someone is about to speak but then they don't so I make a conscious effort to look at everyone I'm in the meeting with and see if anyone tries to speak and if I notice anyone I bring them in I just bring them into the discussion Um, and I think it's really important particularly if you're a leader or a manager of a team remember your direct reports are your responsibility so you have a responsibility to make sure that they feel heard one thing that I've I've done as well that just from working from home is I have this thing where I pass the mic around the room I love this so So, much (laughs) (laughs) obviously in all meetings not everyone you know might have an opinion but I just think it's really important to give people the opportunity to speak if they want to and sometimes especially if you've got someone a little bit more junior in the team you're a bit more nervous to speak a bit more apprehensive so I I obviously don't actually have a mic (laughs) imagine if Em actually has this mic (laughs) (laughs) yeah <laughs> but yeah, in any any meetings or group discussions, I actively say, okay, now I'm handing the mic to you. And then who do you want to pass the mic to next? So it just makes it a bit more comfortable and more fun and hopefully makes people feel like they can open up a bit more and they don't hold back. And essentially, meetings are more effective when everyone's thoughts get voiced. So completely agree. And I love that idea about like, M's method of passing the mic and giving everybody space to talk because I definitely, particularly when I first started out in my career, and I've said this before, I never spoke up in meetings like ever I was so shy and I had a lot of anxiety around speaking up in front of other people and I thought I never my voice was Mm. never heard in a meeting and it probably would be one of those like comedy sketches where like I'd speak up and everyone would look over and be like where the fuck did you come from like you've been here the whole time because I was just so quiet in in meetings that I just yeah Yeah. so I think if and if I'd had manager a manager like that when I first started out who was supportive and really encouraged me to speak up and gave me that space and like a safe space to speak I think things might be very different and like I'm touched on as well if if you get interrupted by a man don't be afraid to interrupt them back like just be like sorry Helen wasn't finished speaking and I'd really love to hear what she had to say so I think that's a really important thing and like I'm saying it's something that we really make conscious effort to now and I think if, particularly if you've experienced it you, you're mm-hmm. then much more aware of when it happens to other people so the second point we want to touch on is encouraging other women to go for it and one of my all-time favorite stats I mean god favorite's probably the wrong word to use (laughs) but um it's when we talk about kind of applying for promotions or jobs and there's a stat that says men will apply for jobs or a promotion when they meet 60 percent of the criteria but women won't apply until they feel they meet all of them and this is something that a number of people have written about and it's called the confidence gap Mm -hmm. and this is kind of what it's referring to and it's referring to this it's referring to how women are less likely to ask for a pay rise like I'm just said, we're less likely to speak up in meetings, we're less likely to put ourselves forward. And like, imagine what we could be doing if women had the same confidence as men did in the office. Like, like we'd literally be running the world. So 
if a colleague or a friend mm-hmm. is telling you that they're hesitant about something they're unsure whether to apply for this job because they only meet two out of the three things or there's just one thing on a job description that they're like oh I don't know if I could do that tell them to go for it actively encourage them to support them find them some resources they could use search your network to see if you know somebody who could help them just really actively encourage other women to go for things because we need to and I said this to somebody the other day if men are doing it then we should be too so let's encourage each other mm-hmm. and let's just go for it we have a saying at work and we say jfdi and that stands for just fucking do it so (laughs) if you have something if you're kind of if you've got a job description you've got a job you're thinking oh i don't know whether to apply for it jfdi just fucking do it (laughs) i love that quote i feel like i need to get it into a neon sign put it on my room (laughs) (laughs) okay so another thing that we could all start doing a little bit more and i know that we're all guilty of what i'm about to say one thing that we can all start to do so much more is to actively look to celebrate other women's accomplishments and look for opportunities to boost other women's confidence. So I just think we need to get into the habit of really celebrating our wins, whether they're big or small. And I guess some of the issues around this and why we kind of hold ourselves back from talking about the achievements and some of the amazing pieces of work that we've produced comes back to this idea of imposter syndrome and I'm feeling like we almost got lucky or we we say oh it was down to the help of others we don't actually own our own successes enough and then again as part of this when we do celebrate our successes we can often be told that we're being too confident or too sassy or we're self-promoting too much but actually we need to get into the habit of just owning our successes a lot more so one thing you can do is is help each help women to get used to celebrating their successes so give credit when it's due now this can both be in the workplace or it can even be out of the workplace with your friends so you can get together and just talk about your achievements it's it's just getting used to that and not feeling like it's a negative thing but one thing I really like to do with my team and I try and do this as often as possible because again I talk about this a lot but we're so used to having our our yearly reviews and just talking about our achievements and things to work on once a year but actually we need to get into the habit of noting our achievements down as we go along otherwise we end up just forgetting about them so every now and then I put some time in with my team and I ask them to all share the mic comes out again (laughs) and I I ask them to share things that they're proud of so we all talk about one or two things that we've achieved in the past however many months to a year and share it with the rest of the team and we go around every single person and do that and then at the end of that we then talk about one thing we're really proud of achieving as a team so it's just getting everybody used to noting down their successes and their achievements but also just getting used to this idea of of self-promotion and feeling more confident in talking about your successes because I think we as women are just less likely to speak up. I think I was just about to say actually when you first mentioned that point the first thing that came into my head was obviously this idea of self-promotion and Mm -hmm. we spoke about it at length with Joanne who was one of our guests earlier on season two and we spoke about it as well with Jen another of our season two guests and Joanne actually runs some workshops every so often called hashtag I am remarkable and it's purely focused all around this idea of self-promotion and one of the really great quote that I got from that workshop that John kindly invited me to was it's not bragging if it's based on fact exactly that's what we're always afraid of aren't isn't it we're always afraid of coming off like oh we don't want to be too braggy like oh yeah no women should be modest and humble but no if you've achieved something if you've got the evidence if it's factual information if you have done this it is not bragging at all you are self-promoting yourself which is so so important for your career progression and Mm -hmm. uh, like like Jen said as well in her episode a lot of us think when we start out that if we do the work it's going to be seen but you have to make it seen 
Yeah, definitely. And then just one other practical thing that we could start doing as part of that, just to better support each other is say, for example, you're in a meeting and you're bringing someone into that conversation when introducing them, highlight their role and don't be afraid to highlight their work Mm -hmm. as well. And again, it's just getting used to that habit of celebrating each other and pulling each other into these conversations. So I just think that's a really nice way to do that too. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And if you're kind of in a meeting or you're in a situation where there's another woman who is spreading the credit around, I guess, be her advocate and be like no that was you like you did that and like back her up and be like no no it it wasn't a team thing you did that because I think it's another thing that we're probably guilty of isn't it is we use we a lot rather than I and I know you did touch on this earlier on but and it is it's just kind of being there like you said to actively encourage other women and be like no bitch you did that you did it (laughs) exactly (laughs) Okay, so one of the other points is this whole idea on the likability penalty. And it literally makes my blood boil even thinking about this because it really, really gets to me. It's how ambitious or ambition are seen as dirty words for women. And I, in personal experience, and I think others will relate to this, that we are hesitant to admit sometimes that we're ambitious because we'll be seen as too confident, like Em said before, or a bit too aggressive with our careers. But when a man says he's ambitious, it's like a desirable trait. And yeah, it's great that he's focusing on his career. Whereas for a woman and my god this is going to open up a whole can of worms it's like it's that historical stereotype isn't it that you can be ambitious with your career until, until you get married yeah, and have kids 100%. for example i'm not going to go into this because we'll be here for another three hours <laughs> so i'm just going to skip over this bit <laughs> and um but this leads me on to the kind of leadership styles and again a similar Mm -hmm. thing when men are assertive and confident they're seen as excellent leaders and really desirable but when women are assertive and confident they're seen as and this might be my least favorite word ever bossy and and that's because women are expected Mm. to be nurturing and collaborative and when we go against these expectations we pay this what's called likability penalty Mm -hmm. and so i think this is if if you hear a woman called bossy maybe just ask that person who's used that word give an example or explain why they've called that woman bossy and ask the question would you have the same reaction if a man did the same thing because the answer is gonna be no i can Mm -hmm. already tell you that the answer is gonna be no and i think it's similar to a self-reflection exercise as well because we've probably all been guilty of thinking these things about other women and i know i've had to catch myself in the past so do ask you if you're having if you're thinking if you're stood there thinking oh there's something about this woman I don't really like maybe just ask yourself why I mean if she's genuinely just not a nice person fine <laughs> but if it's if it, if it is because she's being confident and direct then just ask yourself again would you have the same reaction if a man was standing in front of you and the answer would probably be no yeah. so it's just about all of these unconscious biases that we have against women and all of these different characteristics that we assign to be desirable in men and not so desirable in women and I'm going to stop there before I go on off at a tangent <laughs> I could just feel myself getting angry. I'm like, re- I'm like, <laughs> maybe we need a phone call after this, just to let it all out. It's it's so, and I think this is where this just shows how passionate we are. Like when you get such a strong feeling against something, and if someone tries to tell you that's not mm. the case, you're like, ah, don't even go there. And it's um, I'm not even going to go into the amount of times I get called bossy. Oh God, don't. <laughs> and and this is the thing, and like we were just saying, um, do you know what? Like we need to have these conversations with people. And mm-hmm. not call them out, but just say, okay, why do you it's think just challenging that? challenging them, actually, isn't it? Yeah, completely. And it can be a tricky situation and emotions will get high and 
like if you're passionate about it that's naturally what happens so yeah have these conversations challenge it exactly do what you can like you said it's not about like having arguments or anything like that it's just getting a better understanding and educating other people yeah exactly so another really good point is this idea about giving women direct feedback so it's been suggested that men may hesitate to give critical feedback to women for fear of eliciting an emotional response and this is likely the case for women too so i guess this comes down to the fact that we're perceived as being more emotional so well this idea that we're holding back on giving constructive and critical feedback won't help Mm. any of us move forward in our job roles so (laughs) what we can do here is obviously look for opportunities to give the women you work with input that can help them learn and grow so real practical advice obviously feedback is really important for personal growth so we should not be afraid of it obviously we're not meant to be amazing at everything so we need to get better at being honest with feedback um, and embracing it and seeing it as an opportunity to grow and i think of part of this as well well, we need to listen more. So not the kind of listening that involves replying to an email mid-conversation. Really spending the time to listen to what your team need, what your colleagues need and invest time in them because it just shows that you're supportive, you care and you value them, which creates a more productive and supportive working environment where everybody knows what they're doing, what their strengths are and what they can improve on. And again, we all have different we all have differences in our working styles that's what makes working part of a team so great so by acknowledging that whilst also providing a working environment where everyone feels comfortable feels valued and feels like they can really do their best and become the best version of themselves that's what leads to successful results so we need to lead by example and if you're showing that you're doing it other people will follow so that definitely went off in a bit of a tangent there (laughs) but this all comes down to the fact of being more honest with feedback and embracing it a little bit more and and seeing it as an opportunity to to grow and become better better leaders i guess and that whole idea that women are emotional as well again don't get me started (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm in probably not alone in the fact that i have cried at work i've cried in the office i i have absolutely no shame in admitting it and i know some people think that you shouldn't cry in the office and that you shouldn't cry at work but for Mm -hmm. me it's never been because I've been upset about something it's always been because I've been so frustrated or so angry at the way I or somebody else has been treated that I cry when I'm angry (laughs) and it's that passion and again anger is another emotion that is seen as such a negative trait in particularly in women and it's not that I'm obviously I mean obviously I'm not like smashing Mm. the office up because I'm angry I am I'm sat there and because it's often because I'm so passionate about something that that is where like the angry tears come from and like I say I'm not screaming I'm not shouting I sit there and I sometimes just have to take a minute and take a breath and I can't I have to just take a minute before I say anything else this is what I don't get though is like crying is seen as such a weakness but I'm sorry it's just yeah a normal human emotional response (laughs) who said it's seen as a weakness Mm -hmm. that's what I don't get like it's just you processing something doesn't make you any better or worse at your job god no not at all and i i I, and i wish it i wish it could be normalized and maybe one day it will be Mm. anyway you can hear the frustration (laughs) in my voice (laughs) we're seeing a different side to em today (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness right maybe we should move on quickly so the final point that we wanted to touch on is something that both em and i are really passionate about and that's this idea of mentoring other women and until probably a couple of years ago I always thought that if you were given a coach or you were given a mentor, it was because you were falling behind at work or you needed extra support. And obviously that's not the case at all. I would, I'm now such an advocate for everybody and anybody getting men- get a mentor. You're never too experienced or high up in your career to get a mentor and they can literally be career and 
life-changing mm-hmm. but it's proven that women are less likely to have mentors who will strongly promote and advocate for them yeah. which could be one of the reasons why we have so many fewer women in leadership and exec roles versus yeah. men because men will tend to have male mentors who have stronger voices they have more of an influence in the office whether we like it or not and so obviously we're not saying don't get a female mentor but we're saying get someone who will 100% be your champion and be your voice and promote you in the office and I think also don't ever underestimate what you could contribute to somebody else don't ever underestimate how much value you could give to another woman and it was mm-hmm. a guy actually that i follow on twitter a yeah. couple of days ago who kind of brought up the idea about how mentoring could become a bit of a skill share and how we all have something to offer so we should start like buddying up with people and be like okay i'll mentor you on this and you mentor me on that because we do all have different experiences we have different skills and it doesn't always have to be such a one-way street and i just thought that was a really brilliant idea so yeah so mentor other women go for coffee share your knowledge give back to help other women because it's something that I know I would have loved to have I would have if I'd have had a mentor from day one I think I could be in a very different place if I'd have known things sooner and kind of had somebody to kind of coach me through my early career I think it would have been game-changing well that's why we set up girls in work it was so if anyone needs a mentor (laughs) (laughs) we we laugh but we're being serious Um, (laughs) this is what we absolutely love doing and Mm -hmm. yeah if you are if you want any advice if you do want a mentor get in touch with us and we will make it work we will work something out because we are so passionate about this topic so yeah, yeah. do get in touch we would love to hear from you and we'll see we'll make it work we'll make we'll help you in whatever way we can sorry a little plug i just thought it was a great opportunity to plug that at the end <laughs> no, it was perfect <laughs> that's what we're here for though isn't it like that's we're we're providing something that we didn't have at the early stages 100%. of our careers and that we were so because we were obviously quite nervous and perhaps quite introverted both mm-hmm. of us obviously a, a very much mm-hmm. introverts like the thought of reaching out and trying to find a mentor was terrifying and again like what you mentioned earlier so about how sometimes when yeah. you hear the word mentor you feel like it's because you're not doing enough and you need that extra help but actually no it's not it's someone that's there to help you to help you grow yeah. and be the best you can be so that is exactly why we set up girls in work and that's why we do what yeah. we do because we want to provide something that we didn't have and let you know that we are here yeah so if you do want to reach out drop us an email at hello at girlsandwork.com or drop us a dm mm-hmm. on our socials or you can get up if you want to just talk to one of us our individual emails are on the website um so if you if you don't want to email both of us which is kind of where the hello at girlsandwork.com goes to do just mm-hmm. go to our website there's a little about team page yeah. and you can drop either one of us an email if you just want to talk to one of us and if you're on clubhouse <laughs> we're now holding weekly sessions on a monday at half seven so come and join the conversation on there if if you have a clubhouse account what else can we plug <laughs> while we're here so that is it for this week thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to hit the subscribe button now so that you never miss a show if you have any career-based questions quandaries or predicaments that you'd like us to answer you can drop us an email at hello at girlsinwork.com so we'll see you next time for another episode of the girls in work podcast <laughs>